Watching your child live their dreams is really gratifying. There's just so many kids out there. You know, it's inevitable that there are going to be kids who slip through the cracks. I think that people need to understand that your voices are saving kids, millions, families, millions, and, and hundreds of millions of dollars, but you're also saving kids' lives, and you're putting them into college, and you're giving them a future. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting, the monthly version since we are not in actual game state and game weeks and we're you know, letting you know what else is going on around the state. But when we're in the offseason, meaning no games, we like to do special topics. And today, John here, Hannah there, and it is definitely a special topic today. It is. We are highlighting our Make That Kid an Offer segment. Never heard of it. On Recruiting 2023. And this has been something that has been special, like Mm -hmm. you said, John. Highlighting kids who are underrated. Now, for those who have never heard about this topic or this segment, John, give us a little background on what it is, what makes it special, and why we're talking about it today. Well, uh, for me, it's about those those student athletes that are too whatever, too slow. And the thing is, I'm going to use air quotes. For those listening to the audio version, it's oh, air boy. quotes. Too slow, too small, too whatever. And they're always great athletes, great in the classroom, the great combinations. But because they're too whatever, they may not be getting looks or they may not be getting the looks that their coaches feel they deserve. And so there you go. Make that kid an offer because we know from our weekly coverage that there are very special student-athletes all around the state, and it's an all-around-the-state thing. 425 schools, a lot of student-athletes with the opportunities. So we just decided for those athletes that were too whatever to have Make That Kid an Offer. So it's a segment that runs at the end of our show, Recruiting 2023. There's also a blog version. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to break it down, and we asked the question, what is happening to the kids after they're featured on this? And to our surprise... A lot is happening. happening. So today on the podcast, we're going to have Matt Stewart, the co-host, along with John Nelson of Recruiting 2023, who helped develop the segment. We have Fannin County head coach Chad Cheatham, who has had multiple players get offers because of the segment Mm -hmm. and a player himself who received an offer after the segment ran and his dad to talk all about the recruiting frenzy and the Twitter frenzy that went on post segment. So it's going to be a really fun podcast today. No, no doubt about it. So it's Kyle Vaca who is now at Kell via Johns Creek and his dad Rob. We get to catch up with them and find out what it's been like for the Vaca family to be a part of Make That Kid an Offer. But first, don't we have to talk to catch up with the guy who's even been with Make That Kid an Offer longer than you and I have. Yes. That means it's time to catch up with Matt Stewart and find out the genesis of the genesis make that kid an offer all right matt so how did make that kid an offer get started give us and john you too give us <laughs> give us the behind I'm the, the scenes I'm on, to matt on how this segment got started well it goes back to uh my days at comcast sports southeast we had a CSS? similar show martin simmons and i were on that show and we just kind of came up with a segment to recognize somebody who, you know, was not getting enough offers or had no offers or anything like that. It was not to the extent of what, you know, 
to the level of we, that we've taken it at GPB. But that's kind of the, that's kind of where the seed was planted. And then when we started up recruiting 2022, 20, 23, you know, you, you get the idea. We carried it in, you know, we just carried it into that, and it's really just kind of taken on a life of its own. So it's been a very popular segment because there's a lot of kids who uh, are not getting offers uh, for various reasons um, and some that feel like they should be getting more and bigger offers for various reasons. So I think that's why it's it's so popular. And, and it started out just as like one or two kids at the end of the show, and it has right. completely and totally mushroomed into this rapid-fire, last-block, seven or eight student-athletes. I mean, this thing has absolutely exploded since we started. Yeah, because like I said, there's a lot of kids out there who fall into that boat. It's a pretty wide boat. It's that boat of, I'm not getting any offers. What can I do to, you know, you know, improve that? And that's where we come in. You know, we can't get you an offer. Uh, we don't contact coaches, but we do give you some exposure. And so, you know, and coaches will watch this. They'll see it on social media, and then they can, you know, they can make a determination. There's just so many kids out there you know, it's in you know it's inevitable that there are going to be kids who slip through the cracks and you know don't get offered. I mean, just watch the Super Bowl every year when the Super Bowl comes around. You know, somebody does a story about you know how many two and no stars are playing in the Super Bowl and not just on the roster, but are actually playing in a starring role and making money as professional football players who, you know, never even, hardly ever even got recruited. So it's as, as big as the business is, uh, there's so many kids who just, just because of sheer numbers, get overlooked. And so that's why. I mean, you, you never run out of kids who aren't getting offers, don't have enough offers, want better offers. Okay, Matt, let me bring in Chad Cheatham, the head coach at Fannin County, into this discussion. Coach, what's recruiting like in the mountains outside of a major metropolitan area, especially for a program like yours that's growing so much in success? Um, it's, um, it's tough, but I think because of the success that we've had and, and the things that we've done in our program over the past five years, um, we're getting a lot more looks at schools that um, – are comparable to the type of athlete that we can produce for them. And um, you talk about the Ryan Hearts and the Shorters and the Berries and and um, schools like that, Cumberland. And, you know, those are all places that, that, are, that our kids can play that are close to home that those coaches like to see. And, and it, it's really been – Obviously, with COVID and, and then, you know, the, the portal and things like that and the extra years, it's been tough on our kids. But our kids have been pretty resilient. We've been really fortunate um, to sign quite a few people. And a lot of that, obviously, is because of the work of you and John and, and what you guys do on Friday nights. All right, so since you've opened that door, let's go ahead and, and, and uh, talk about it a little bit. And, and just so folks know, uh, Chad Chad is not fighting anything. He's just fighting morning workouts and, 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 and track meets and things like that. He's, he's not he's not a spring cold or nothing. But no, this is this is what happens. Chad is coaching fourteen months out of the year. That's why he's that's why he sounds the way that he does. Just yeah, it's uh, it's twenty five three sixty six or something like that. Somebody says. 
Yes, that, that is definitely how you work up there at Fannin County. And in the last couple of seasons, it was, it's been uh, back-to-back 10, 10 win years, and it's the most wins, I want to say, in 20 years, uh, double-digit wins, first time in like 20 years when Joby Scroggs was head coach. And then 7-5 uh, and five last year getting into the playoffs. Let's go back to the, the first round of Make That Kid an Offer. And I was telling Hannah the background on it a little bit where it was kind of two separate tracks that kind of came together and it was it, some of the, the the kismet and the karma that was there when it came to Seth Reese, your quarterback at the time, two seasons ago. It was it was really cool to see all of this start from a point and then go through, make that kid an offer, and then come and visit you in Fannin County. There were a lot of different steps here, and it was all pretty cool. Yeah, I think that I think one of the most important things is the opportunity, uh, John, that that you gave us. Uh, as a mountain school, and you you saw something that was special, and you, you reached out, you understood the Jackson Davis story, and you know this started with Seth the year before that when we were making that playoff run, right. and, and Luke Luke got hurt, and we had to move him back there to quarterback, and um, and then and then the next year when you guys recognized uh, Jackson's struggles and the relationship that. He and Seth had to get together, and you and I talked extensively and many nights, and uh, you know we kind of cried together and laughed together, and and it was amazing. Um, you know when when you, you I don't think you guys understand um, how many people watch you guys. Like when we get home from Friday nights. We recorded you guys, and, and, and we go back, and all of us coaches and all the college coaches listen because you, you're our lifeline for other schools around the state and things like that. But to hear hear your kids being called out um, on the television set and make that kid an offer the way that you, you challenge colleges because you see the potential in these kids that aren't necessarily in the metro area um, – Obviously, that's because of, of GPB and you and Hannah. I mean, it's 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 really cool to see that, and then it's humbling to hear you say that about what we do here with just that one particular segment. Why we could be the voice of an entire state and trying to sit there and balance 159 counties and more than 400 schools and seeing. Uh, student athletes that have merit and more than just one one aspect of everything. I think you have to get every advocate on the planet that you can get on your side. I think you have to get every bit of content and exposure on your side. And I think that that segment on GPB and the exposure that it provided was really important and significant. And I would just say, like a brand, if you're Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, or Houston's restaurants. You're not going to expose your brand from a marketing perspective in one place. You've got to put it everywhere. You got to go to a billboard in Times Square. You got to go to TV. You got to go to digital. You got to go to social. You got to go to peer to peer. You got to go to ma- you got to do it all. So, if you're a player again and you're not Juju Lewis or you're not Caleb Downs, you need as much exposure and as much advocacy as you can get. Okay, now let's turn to your son, Kyle. Kyle, as a player, what was it like getting that first offer? How did that feel? 
Oh man, it was awesome. It, it was really truly like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, I was actually at lunch in the cafeteria with all my friends. And uh, when I got the offer and I called my dad and, you know, me and my dad just, you know, I think we both got emotional on the phone because it's just so much hard work that went into that moment. And uh, I felt like for a moment it all paid off and uh, I was super grateful. And it was really just a special moment because um, it was a lot leading up to that point. Well, more offers have been rolling in since. Tell me about those and what your recruitment so far, the process, what has it been like so far? Yes, ma'am. So my recruitment, um, I like the the pace is going at right now. Um, last week, I picked up offers from UPenn and uh, Louisville. So it's been really good. Um, starting last year, uh, last spring is when I really started taking visits to schools. Um, and since then, I've gone to Vanderbilt, Clemson, William & Mary, Rice, SMU, schools like that. And then um, this coming week on my spring break, I'll be heading to, I'm heading to Wake Forest this weekend, and then I'll be at UAB and Louisville and Tennessee next week. So it's been really exciting, and I'm just grateful for how it's all unfolding, and I'm excited to see how it continues. Wow, that's super busy. How did business pick up in that household after Make That Kid an Offer happened? And it, was it... Uh, was it trickles? Was it was it texts? Was it phone? Was it email? How did business pick up and how much did business pick up? Well, again, you've got to look at the different points of light and the lanes that you get exposure in. And I would say that that segment, which uh, aired late in the fall, had to help because he got his first offer to a Division One school from Trent Dilfer and the UAB Blazers in January. So not that long after he got an offer. And then he, uh, last week, he got an offer from the University of Pennsylvania. And two days later, the wide receiver coach at Louisville, Coach McGee, called him and offered him. So he now has three offers. He's got three Division One offers. And I would just say thank you to, you know, make that kid an offer in the segment that you did because it's one of the exposure points and it takes a lot. Congratulations, first yeah. of all. I can just hear how excited you are to be his dad mm -hmm. and getting all of these offers. How does how does that make you feel for him and, and you in general? My gratitude is significant. My um, sense of satisfaction is significant. And it's because not because I want him to post on Twitter, not because I want him to say he's got X number of offers, but because I know how many tens of hundreds and thousands of hours he's worked. He has worked feverishly. He has given up being a Friday night or Saturday night kid with friends. He's given up, you know, doing things maybe that some teenagers do to work and work and work. And to see the fruit of the labor come to pass for him is really gratifying. Now, Chad, you're seeing a different side of the recruiting process Tell me how business picked up after Seth Reese, your quarterback, was featured on Make That Kid an Offer. Oh, man, yeah. You know, you, you start getting blown up on Twitter, and, and you get, you're getting these messages from uh, colleges. And I think another thing that, that I hope you guys understand is that um, not only are, are colleges in, in, in the South listening, I mean, the, the academies are listening. Um, all, all of those schools are, are listening and watching those segments. And, um, yeah, business picks up tremendously, and then you get the film sent in, and, and, you, and they see him and, and talk with him. And uh, same with Jack, 
that, that happened this year with Jack Cannon, our kicker, I mean, we were sitting still in the water and um, we knew we had something special and you, you guys knew we had something special and you called me up and I was like, absolutely. And the next thing we know, I mean, we're getting, we're getting calls and offers and, and things like that. So again, I think that people need to understand that your voices are, um, are saving kids, million families, millions and, and hundreds of millions of dollars, but you're also saving kids' lives and you're putting them into college and you're giving them a future. And I, I applaud you both for that. And the the funny thing was, and, and I, I told this to Hannah, and Hannah gave me a bit of a, a bit of a look. She kind of raised an eyebrow when I first told her this. That when we were up there to do the story on Jackson, and we're out there on the football field doing the interviews of Seth and Jackson Davis at the time, literally we're talking to Seth on the football that's field. That's right. That's right. Your phone <laughs> vibrates, and it's one of the service academies while we're doing this interview that you're having to talk to a coach and say, hey, can we talk to you later? Seth's kind of busy right now doing a TV interview. <laughs> down it was a beautiful day and you guys were up and we were doing the interviews and um i i think it was my time to go and you said coach you said cheat him come on over and I'm my you know so my phone's ringing and it's the it's the it's the service against the army you know and i'm like uh, uh you're not gonna believe this but this is actually what's going on right now and uh i, I promise you i'll call you back asap and uh so so it is it, it, that's an absolute true statement and it's kind of uh, surreal in the fact that it all happened right there at the same time it's really it's, it's really man i i can't tell you how much we appreciate you i know that make that kid an offer does its thing but pull the curtain back a little bit on recruiting for us what else do you do to help and and at, from a coach's perspective what's it like to to watch these kids get their offers and and just what all goes into it behind the scenes yeah, we. Um, I, I was fortunate. Seth's brother, um, Jacob Reese, who, who played at Carson Newman, I, I was fortunate enough to hire him um, Seth's senior year and coaching our defensive line. And at, coming out, he was a business major and ended up working his way into coaching and education just by working with me. And he had a, um, a – he had his ear on the recruiting industry because – he had just been through it. And so he has developed a program that we use that we, we send out to colleges that tags their Twitter, all the things that they do, their maxes, their videos, their films. And, and we send out mass numbers of, of video and stats and things all the time. And, and Coach Reese has done just a, a fantastic job with that. We obviously use Twitter as our big platform and some of the national collegiate databases. And, and so it's, I, I, I would say that, that he, he does most of the legwork, and then I kind of get in there and get, get to finish the selling point. But he, that, that, that's huge. Obviously, um, there's an education process that goes on with our parents here in the mountains because – as you guys know, which a lot of people don't know, FAFSA comes into play, uh, the Pell Grant. And, and FAFSA is not an easy thing to do if yep. you've ever been involved in that process. 
And we have really tried to educate our parents, not only in football, but in other sports. And we actually have a person in the community who will help our athletes and families with, with their FAFSA, filling out those forms and doing things like that so we can get them as much help as we can get them. Obviously, the whole scholarship, Zell Miller, making sure that our kids' grades are where they need to be, doing grade checks every two weeks, things like that, and, and just keeping a thumb on them. But, um, yeah, Jake, Jake's done a great job for us in that area. And I think educating your community on, on exactly what it takes to play at the next level doesn't matter if you're playing at Georgia or it doesn't matter if you're playing at, at Cumberland or Eastern Kentucky or Shorter or whatever. Um, it's a it's a major, huge commitment by, by everybody that's involved in that family. Well, let me give you an example of a tip, typical week. So on a typical week, there's two days a week. Right now he's running track. He is in school, and one of the periods in school, like a lot of schools, is football weightlifting and training. So he's got a football weightlifting and training period for 100 minutes or 110 minutes a day in Cobb County, which is a new shift for us with the block schedule. Then he has track practice after school. After he's done with track practice, he's going to skills wide receiver training. And then he's getting home at 930. And I said to him last night when he got home at 930, because they had a, a, a work deal where the football team volunteered to do a work project. I said to him, shorter, shorter school day today. And he laughed and he said, dad, I left the house at 730 and I got home at 930. What are you talking about? 14 hour day. And now, all right. So let me, let me, let me ask about organization. More than I'm here. working. Let me, let me ask. Actually, about, not really. I'm a mom. Yeah, too. you're a mom. You can See, add that yeah, in. But that's the thing. That's mom. <laughs> let me, then moms let me, are definitely overworked. You ain't, you ain't kidding. <laughs> so then let me ask, let me ask this. How, how does, how do you keep track of all of this stuff? I mean, you know, for some folks, it could be, you know, a stylus. You pull a stylus out of a phone. You sit there. You write it down in a document. You jam the stylus back into the phone. You put your phone down. Could be the... the could uh, be the, your paper, your giant paper calendar, it could John. Be, it could be the giant paper calendar that I have at my desk. It could be a three-ring binder notebook. It could be uh, the whiteboard that's attached magnetically to the fridge where you sit there and you have all the different things going on during a day. Or it could be like one of those big gigantic whiteboards that's like six by eight that you've got in like maybe your office or something like that. How do you how does he keep track and how do you guys keep track of everything to make sure that there's no step in this process that's missed? So you're getting a hundred percent of the effort that you're looking for as a parent and as a student athlete. One word, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, to, look to at Hannah's, that. You know, to, Han, to Hannah's point, his mom, my wife, Angie, she calls herself the equipment manager. So I'm just <laughs> telling that. you, without this, without this woman in his life, he might practice barefoot. <laughs> I know I would. So the 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 stuff that mom does to prepare him to make sure he's on track, to make sure his schedule is right to make sure he doesn't forget things, which he does, and she she makes up for it. I'm sort of the CEO. She's the COO, uh-huh. and that's like the person doing the stuff. She's got the harder job. <laughs> I love equipment manager. I am stealing that for sure. And, and CEO and, and chief I operations I officer. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she definitely she definitely helps out a lot. Um, her and my dad, they've, you know, they supported me since day one. 
Um, you know, when nobody supported me or believed in me when I didn't have offers, when, you know, nothing was happening, you know, freshman year, whatever, they've been with me since day one and they believed in me. And um, they always pushed me to be my best, not only in football, but in every area of life. So um, really appreciate, appreciative of them. And um, I love them and their support for me. So what's something about this process that has surprised you? I would say really just how just how difficult it is, honestly. Like like I said, my freshman year and before I got Twitter and realized all these things about recruiting, I really just thought like, oh, play good in high school, I'm going to go to college. Like that was really my mindset. But um, I think the hardest thing is, is really just understanding how difficult it is to take that step. Like you can't just play good and get to – you got to like play really good, make a good highlight tape. Then you got to reach out to coaches. They got to respond. So I think really just the entirety of it and um, getting coaches to see your tape and all those things, getting your name out there, creating a highlight tape. It's really just a lot um, more complex than I thought it would be. You were featured late last fall. Your name was at the top of the article. What did that segment do for you and what happened afterwards? Yeah, that segment definitely was a big ingredient um, to my overall recruiting. Uh, like I said, when I was talking about the hardest things, you know, one of the hardest things is getting your name out there, obviously. So, um, you know, I had had a good season up to that point and make that kid an offer, really just put my name out there um, even more and uh, expose me to, to new new uh, people. I, you know, I got a ton of follows on Twitter after it. Um, so I'm just grateful for the segment because it really um, it just adds to the exposure and any exposure can help because, you know, it's so difficult nowadays. There's so many kids. I've heard about the Twitter frenzy post make that kid an offer from your dad and from many other athletes. What is it like getting on Twitter afterwards? Um, what were people saying to you? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, first off. I got my friends like talking to me, yo, you're in this article, blah, blah. And then um, go on Twitter and see like follows from, um, you know, people that follow GPB, people that follow high school sports, sports writers, which is a big one. Cause you know, um, if sports writers follow you, then, you know, they, they can write about you more that can lead to other mm -hmm. things. So it was just really cool to, to see those people uh, know who I am and like recognize who I am and build those connections. So as one of the hosts of the Make That Kid an Offer segment, I want to bring Matt Stewart back into the conversation. When it comes to Make That Kid an Offer, what gets somebody nominated? What stands out? What on their resume are you looking for specifically that says, I want this guy on my show? Well, um, number one, you know, we do defer towards seniors a little bit more because they're running out of time. You know, we're doing a we're doing a make that kid an offer show during um, you know their senior year. They're running out of time. That means that you know the, the the window's getting ready to close on these guys. So yeah, we're looking for great careers. I mean, you know what if you know and it's not all statistics, but st you know you know let's play. If you're playing and having a great career, your statistics are going to reflect that. So we look at that kind of stuff. We look at anything the coach might say for linemen. It's something different, size and speed and stuff like that. Uh, and some, but sometimes we, I mean, we've even included some sophomores on that make that kid an offer show when that sophomore 
has had such an extraordinary season that you just can't even ignore it. Yeah. I mean, that you just can't ignore the fact that even though they're just a 10th grader, you know, they're having a phenomenal season. So we'll include them. But generally speaking, the closer you get to that window being closed, you know, the more uh, closely we scrutinize and study whether you make, you know, you make the show, make the cut. Rob, turning back to you, this journey has been going on for years. What is it like being a football dad? It's really, really interesting. It's fun. It's frustrating. It's um, enlightening. But I would say that in the end, watching your child live their dream and accomplish things and grow and put themselves in position for what's next is really gratifying. How far back are we talking about here? When, when did you first become a football dad? What was the evolution of this? Well, I played football in college. I was a kicker. I played Division III uh, football at Wittenberg, but I had a chance at the NFL. I had some tryouts. I didn't make it. My son began playing football in the third or fourth grade from a tackle perspective. He played flag when he was in first or second grade. Tried to take him down the right path. That would be the path of being a kicker. He snubbed his. Uh, he, he, he snubbed that. He told me it wasn't a real position. He told me that he was going to play a real position, even though his dad didn't. We would always go out in the driveway, and there were these two trees in my driveway that I would try to kick the ball through, and I was just never really good at it. Um, never could really get it through as many times as we would like. So kind of feared we would take a different route when uh, when I couldn't really kick it through the trees as well as we would have liked me to. And so early on, he was a skinny kid, but he was athletic enough. And more importantly, he cared. He wanted to play, thought it was fun. And he wasn't, you know, some people, I, I know Gary Downs really well, Caleb and Josh is down. And yeah. Gary tells me that age five or six, he knew Caleb would be a Division One football player. I can tell you what, that at age five or six, Kyle looked like a stream beam is what he looked like. <laughs> uh, well, that leads me right to the question I wanted to ask you. What was the moment that you were like, okay, Kyle's pretty good. You know, he, as a freshman at Johns Creek High School, like all freshmen that come in, very, very few of them get to play varsity football. Mm -hmm. There are enigmas. There are... Uh, players like Caleb Downs and Peyton Zachary who are just different. They play as, uh, as a freshman or Juju Lewis. But Kyle grinded and worked, and he was skinny, and he was working in the weight room, and he was working extra on routes, and he was training with Terrence Edwards, who's the all-time leading receiver at, at Georgia since the eighth grade. And by the end of that freshman season at Johns Creek, he went from playing JV and being a ball boy one game for varsity to suiting up on varsity to in the playoff game of the freshman year in 2020, the COVID short, shortened season, he started in a state playoff game against Alatuna as a freshman after starting out as this skinny little kid who, you know, was intimidated by the men with uh, hair on their faces. So <laughs> it was at that point I was like, this kid is serious and this could be this could be something. I would say definitely my my freshman year, um, at the end of my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, um, I'd always known like I wanted to to play football and play in college, but I didn't really understand what that meant until probably the end of my freshman year, I would say. When um, I, I got Twitter that year, I started seeing things about recruiting, and I knew that's when I realized what it was going to take 
to, to get to where I wanted to be. And uh, I started to take things more seriously, started to train, really hit the weight room hard. And um, yeah, so I'd say at the end of my freshman year, going into my sophomore year is when I is when I knew I wanted to play in college for sure, take it seriously. And I knew what I had to do to get there. So, Rob, what are the next steps for Kyle at this point in his recruitment process and moving towards college? He's got to continue to focus on the grades. He's got to continue to focus on being known as a kid who is that kid who you can count on, who's the kid that is a leader. Not a leader because he tells you a leader, but he's someone you want to follow because you look at him and you say, that kid's doing the right thing. He is uh, well-mannered. He respects people. He cares about people. He had a job until we moved at a, an assisted living facility where he served meals to the elderly and he built relationships with those people and they just love him. And they're devastated that we moved because he's not interacting with them. So it's who he is off the field, who he's becoming, what he believes in is his purpose. He loves God. He loves people. He loves football. He loves his family. So far, he's doing the right things. And we're just going to continue to guide him and support him. You know, you need a lot of support. He's got training that has to be paid for. He's got uh, places he's got to get to. He's got visits he's got to go on. All that stuff takes uh, mom as the equipment manager and COO <laughs> and dad as the CEO. I'm glad I have case. your I'm glad I have your cell phone number because I'm going to need some major parenting tips. Okay, so so have you officially written this? Is the cell phone number in your phone? It is. I have him saved, and I will be reaching out. I just I just wanted to check because Kyle is a very well-rounded young man. I don't know their daughter, but I would love for my girls to have a 4.0 GPA. And multiple D1 scholarships. My husband wants them to play and golf. This is so a where this different. is where the mom <laughs> is making the influence already when it comes to. I'd Absolutely. like for, I'd like for my daughters to have a 4.0 GPA. Yeah. I'm putting them on make that kid yeah, an offer. Can I go on, ahead and do you're that? You're putting them on blast, is what you're doing. They're you're 15 months old, but Lily can throw a ball across the room. Let me tell you. Okay, so make that kid an offer, <laughs> class of 2040. Oh, oh, <laughs> man, <laughs> John. But that's but that's the fun part of this particular show. We get to catch up on make that kid an offer. You know, Rob and and Kyle get to mention the importance of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's integral to us when it comes to make that kid an offer because without everyone who reaches out to us on Twitter and Autumn Rose and everybody in social media keeping track of all of the nominations and ideas when it comes to to make that kid an offer. Everyone who shoots us an email saying, "Hey, you know, look at." my student-athlete or this student-athlete that I know, without all of our social media, without all of our emails, reaching out to us at GPB, GPB Sports. She's, uh, what are you, Hannah, Hannah C? Hannah C. Good. Hannah C. Good on the Twitters. I'm at OSG Nelson at GPB Sports. Reach out to us however you want to do so. Mail, snail mail, carrier <laughs> pigeon, Twitter, all those kinds of things to reach out to us. It's all a part of this process to make, make that kid an offer as successful as it is. Yeah, and we talk about this all season long. I mean, it's almost every podcast we're like, if you have a kid, and John does this whole spiel about undersized and underrated. But seriously, it's making a difference. So now I am going to back you up with that. If you have a kid, who so has now you're going to say it, and it's okay. But when I say it, the, yeah. so course, when I say it, course. I say it too much. Yes. When you say it, that's okay. Yes. I see how this works. Yes. Yeah. You say it too much. Of course I do. But now that we know it's really working, 
you don't say it too much. We need to be saying it more because if you have one of these kids who needs an offer and is overlooked for whatever reason, send it in. Mm-hmm. The segment will get started again in August. Before right? you know it. Yeah. So send it in. There is a blog version where we list a ton of kids each week. So get get those paragraphs well, I mean, we do, in. We do rapid fire on, yeah. on, on recruiting 2023. I mean, literally, yeah. there have been times where we've, we've shoehorned like eight into a segment. And literally, it's like 20 seconds a piece. Our producer's like, you've only got this amount of time. Yeah, keep sending us kids. <laughs> keep Look, going. Keep, keep going. going. Yeah. But then the blog version oh, as yeah. well is even longer. Yep. So we try not to miss anyone who is, who is sent in. Um, send them, send them, and keep sending. When it comes to make that kid an offer. Autumn is the one that that backs that blog. <laughs> yeah, so she is. It's a beast. It is. Going through all those but nominations it's fun, But it's a week. fun beast to have. Mm-hmm. And it's great to showcase the state off to the rest of the state and to showcase the state to, to colleges mm-hmm. for kids that wouldn't have necessarily had the chance or the recognition yeah. to do so because they're too whatever. Yeah. And people are listening. Yes. People are listening. Uh, time to send us home, yeah? Yes. So we are doing our monthly podcasts and now we will be bringing back our monthly blogs mm-hmm. john you will have one in a couple weeks about coaching carousel correct? yep and you and i will compare mm-hmm. notes as to who's gone where and so that way we're not talking to coaches at the same time well, i just heard from hannah well i just heard from john so it's the same kind of information <laughs> it it, yeah so we're gonna we're not gonna cross the streams and catch up with a lot of folks traditionally it's about 18 to 20 percent of the turnover here in the state of georgia for 420 schools i think we're in the high 70s low 80s when it comes to coaching changes We'll catch up with some. We'll catch up with more as we get to uh, everything that uh, is going on here in the state of Georgia because spring practice, and then you're getting ready for it just around the corner. So it's going to be here before you know it. See, you're Take just, us home, see, John. So you're, like, you're nodding your head in agreement. So it's like, all right, so who's all right, so who's on the other side of the glass? All right, so we got Commander Sandy, Ambassador Jeremy. Reagan's back there. Ah, Governor Reagan is with yeah. us. Oh, we got, wait a second. We got new folks. Buddha. Is here. Oh. Victoria okay. is here. So Queen Victoria. Oh, good one. So, yeah, Queen Victoria. <laughs> she doesn't like that. She, she doesn't like she's, that. Yeah, I, can, I can see that she's the smiling behind the monitor. <laughs> Buddha. We, oh, Buddha. We got to come up with one for Buddha. Hmm. See, now we got to think about that. All right, so that one's in that one's in debate. Okay. So We'll circle back yeah, next we'll, podcast. So we'll circle back when we see Buddha in the, stu- in the studio. So for everybody behind the glass or everybody here at GPB, for Hannah, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll see you and hear you next month. We'll be writing to you very soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.